And we are on the air. This is Evan Lee Reimer, Ed Reimer, the Evan Lee Reimer Show. Glad to have you with us here on a Sunday night. Uh, trust that most of the Christmas activities are going on. I think, did Murfreesboro have, Jackson, did they have their parade today, I believe? I think. I'm not sure. I thought they did. Um, a lot of the parades have been done. And we're really getting into the swing of the thing. And, uh, you know, the holidays, are they are up on us. And uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, get to the end of the year to sort of everybody kick back, put your feet up in front of the fire. And hopefully tonight, a lot of you already contacted me. I want you to know, before we get started, I really appreciate all of you that, that take time to listen. Um, and I do mean not just hear, but listen. And I appreciate it. I've got some things I'm going to share with you tonight. It's going to be a bit controversial. Okay? Uh, imagine that. And um, because I feel if these things go unsaid, that they could come back to, to haunt us. I really do. I mean that. Um, radio is a powerful powerful form. I've always felt that. I've felt that my entire life. You know, we went through the days when I came up in the 70s and then FM radio came about and was really coming out and said, well, you know, that's, that's the end of AM. That FM was clear reception. and Won't be no need for AM radio. And AM took kind of a hit. Then all of a sudden it started right back up. It never left. You know, WSM is still playing the Grand Ole Opry every Saturday night all over that 50,000-watt station. I guess it's 50,000. I think it's 50,000. I'll stand corrected on that. And have been for, what, 75, 80 years? I don't know. It's been a long time, you know. So uh, AM is not dead. We're we're back going strong. And, we of course, we have three frequencies here. We have AM of course, I'll give them to you, man. Uh, 1450, of course, has been the station's um, go-to number since its uh, beginning. And now we have two free FM frequencies, 100.5 and 101.9 right here. And the 100.5 is the one you can pick up in Smyrna and Laverno, and it's a lot better. Um, a lot better. Uh, we've had some uh, – some, uh, Scott has done some uh, work with the towers down there, and we have a – I think for all for all lack of repeater system that works better down there, and uh, you can pick us up if you're listening in Smyrna and Laverne area on 100.5. I think that's a better reception for you. It's 100.5 FM. But without further ado, if Jackson will, I'm sure you'll be glad to. My name is Evan Lee Raymer, and yes, I'm still a private investigator. Welcome aboard. This is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show with your host Ed Raymer. On your good neighbor station, News Radio, WGNS, Murfreesboro. And that's a little stiff upper lip for you from ACDC. And this is Evan Lee Raymer Show, and I'm your host, Ed Raymer. This show is produced at the studios of WGNS, AM 1450, 100.5, 101.9 FM, right here in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can reach us tonight for your with your questions, comments, or ideas, or you can reach me, 
because I'm here pretty well by myself. 615-893-1450. Jackson's on the board. You can also text, send me a text to that number, and Jackson will be glad to uh, read it over the air for you or write it out on a, on a card and hand it to me, and I'll be glad to read it for those of you who do not wish to be heard live. You can also listen to us via the Internet, of course, as you know by now, at WGNSRadio.com. And you can watch me on uh, Facebook Live if you like. I've got a lot of friends that do that, especially my family in Kentucky, on the Evan Lee Raymer Show on WGNS. That's on Facebook Live, okay? You can also download the WGNS app and take WGNS with you wherever you go and listen whenever you wish. Take a listen to Stephen Reynolds' podcast. Uh, it's a good one, The Man in the Middle. Um, Miss Angela's on every Sunday at 6, doing a great job with simplicity. Uh just a super fantastic job and uh you know she's just she's just a fine lady and uh, i think uh you know you would enjoy that and she's doing some great work there there's no doubt about it um i've got some uh, now tonight uh, i i do not have a guest and i intentionally did this and um uh, i want you to know uh do you have something for me oh i'm sorry okay um uh, I've got some some pieces here I'm going to play for you. Uh, this one here is about seven minutes in length. This is the one. This is uh, uh, this is from Glenn Kirshner. Okay, this is the man that does uh, Justice Matters on YouTube. You can look him up, and it's about seven minutes in length uh, with Trump C O S Meadows, democracy ending PowerPoint. It's beginning to look a lot like well, it's not Christmas. He'll tell you. Go ahead, Jackson. Play this. Take a listen to this, folks. So with the latest revelation that Mark Meadows had a PowerPoint presentation about how to corruptly overturn the results of the presidential election, apropos of the holiday season, I've got to say, it's beginning to look a lot like Rico. Okay, I'm no Bing Crosby. And sometimes, friends, we have to laugh, right? So feel free to laugh, if only at my terrible singing voice. But, you know, more and more each day, the evidence is showing that Trump and company were acting like a RICO crew. Let's talk about that. Because justice matters. Okay, if we can go, uh, let's go ahead and breeze past that. Or can just put it on silent for a minute. Okay, there you go, put it on silent. And again, this is Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner. Here we go. Hey, all. Glenn Kirshner here. So, the latest Donald Trump illegality, not to mention absolute insanity? His chief of staff, Mark Meadows, apparently had a 38-page PowerPoint presentation about how to corruptly overturn the results of the presidential election, and Meadows provided it to the House Select Committee before changing course and flat out refusing to cooperate anymore with the committee investigating the January 6th Capitol attack. Here's how Newsweek is reporting that story. Mark Meadows' PowerPoint plan to overturn election results revealed. And friends, listen to this unbelievable, un-American, undemocratic insanity. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows handed over a PowerPoint presentation 
to the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol that details how the Trump administration planned to overturn the 2020 election results, including by declaring a national emergency. The 38-page presentation, entitled Election Fraud, Foreign Interference, and Options for January 6th, is dated one day before the Capitol riot. It's believed to have been submitted by Meadows after he was subpoenaed by the panel in connection with the insurrection. The slides contained a series of recommendations for Donald Trump and his administration to follow ahead of the certification of the electoral votes ceremony to declare Joe Biden the winner. These included informing senators and congressmen of apparent foreign interference in the election, namely by China, before declaring a national security emergency. The government was then to announce that electronic voting in all states for the 2020 election would be invalid. And of course, Donald Trump would remain president of the United States. Friends, this makes Watergate look like jaywalking. Everything we're learning about the Trump administration has the look and the feel of a RICO organization, racketeer-influenced and corrupt organization, a criminal enterprise. And this latest revelation about Mark Meadows' PowerPoint, how to corruptly overturn the election's results, has to be viewed against the backdrop of Bill Barr, Donald Trump's own attorney general, telling Trump and his administration there was no fraud undermining Joe Biden's win. It has to be viewed against the backdrop of Trump's lawyer, John Eastman, drafting a six-point memo, How to Coup for Fun and Profit. That wasn't precisely the title. It has to be viewed against the backdrop of Donald Trump telling his DOJ officials, I don't care that there was no fraud, just say there was and leave the rest up to me and my allies in Congress. And it has to be viewed against the backdrop of one of those DOJ officials, Jeffrey Clark, taking Trump up on it, going back to the Department of Justice and drafting letters to election officials in the battleground states. We saw his letter to the Georgia state election officials, giving them a roadmap for corruptly overturning the election results in the battleground states. Friends, everything we're learning just leads to the conclusion that this was stone-cold, anti-democratic criminality. Okay, so, yeah, that's, thank you, Jax. Um, this is, you know, and I know some of you are sitting out there, I'm sure right now, with your blood boiling, okay? Had a guy talk to me, said he'd heard of a course offered or whatever about how to overthrow a capitalist, capitalistic society, capitalistic government. I thought, well, how about January 6th? <laughs> we could start there. And I've got some news for you, folks. Trumpers, I've got some news for you. It's getting worse, okay? I know. You've set back. They ain't got nothing. They ain't going to give me a high. No, 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 no. 
Wheels of justice take time. And this man right here, Glenn Kirshner, former public prosecutor, he's done it. He's, he has done it all, okay? He's done this. He knows what he speaks of, okay? Now, we're going to delve into it some more tonight with a couple more little tidbits I'm going to leave with you. And I hope if I do anything this evening, it will lead you to, we're going to go some breaks now, Jacks here in just a minute. It will lead you to know that this was an attempted overthrow of your government. And folks, it's not funny anymore, okay? There's nothing funny about it. We'll get into more when I get back. You're listening to me. I'm Ed Raymer on the Evanly Raymer Show. Right back, right here on WGNS. Be right back with you right after this. Stay with us. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Michelle Hauser coming to you from Hauser & Associates. We are a law firm that is dedicated to family law and serving for those individuals that have family law needs. You can contact us through uh, our telephone is 615-801-8602, or you can also reach us through Facebook or our website, which is www.burrow.com. FamilyLegal.com. Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at PI of MT. Dot com. That's P-I of M-T dot com. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. We've got Complete Yard Care. Their slogan is, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut mulching, landscaping. Now, you can reach them at 615-785-0384. Or you can look them up on the web at completeyardcaretn.com. They have a five-star ranking on Google. That's Complete Yard Care. We do it all. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murphy Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Muller's Jewelers, 352 West Northfield Boulevard, right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Welcome back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. Thank you, Jax. Appreciate it. Ed Raymer here with you. You know, I've got a, a book here 
that I ask all of you, um, I'm telling you, um, our daughter uh, purchased it for me. And it was uh, written by a senior Trump administration official. And it was called, the title of the book is A Warning by Anonymous. Okay? Um, It is a very disturbing book. Okay? Later, it turned out to be the, the, the man that wrote the book is Miles Taylor, who had worked in the Department of Homeland Security. Now, he goes into the Trump uh, reign, so to speak. I don't call it a presidency. I call it the Trump reign, reign of terror more than anything. You cannot believe. Now, this man knows what he, he knows of whereof he speaks. Okay, this is not somebody that has an idea that he thinks this is, you know, hey, this is uh, this is what I think is going on. No, he was there. He was in the meetings. I want to give you one just example. Uh, Let me start a paragraph here. Off page 29 of a warning. The officials were told that the PowerPoint decks needed to be slimmed down. They're talking about capturing Trump's attention, his attention span, or lack thereof of it, okay? The officials were told the PowerPoint checks needed to be slimmed down. The president couldn't digest too many slides. He needed more images to keep his interest and fewer words. Then they were told to cut back the overall message, parenthesis on complicated issues such as military readiness or the federal budget, to just three main points. Eh, That was still too much. Soon, West Wing aides were exchanging, quote, best practices for success in the Oval Offices. The most salient advice, forget the three points. Come in with one main point and repeat it over and over again, even if Trump inevitably goes off on tangents until he gets it. Just keep steering the subject back to it. One point. Just that one point. Because you cannot focus the commander-in-chief's attention, talking about Trump, on more than one blank-blank thing over the course of a meeting. Okay? Now, that's how ridiculous this thing became. That's right here in the book, page 29, pages 29 and 30. Miles Taylor wrote it. It is all through this book. Okay? The next one I want to read is by Bob Woodward and, Bob and Robert Costa. Uh, Peril that is out. And I hope to get that. Now, let's go back to the beginning of when all this mess started. And I want you to listen to this. This is former presidential candidate. Hillary Clinton, she was on the Howard Stern Show. This is just one part of it. We're going to play just a little bit. Uh, we're starting in the middle of this interview with, with Stern and Mrs. Clinton. And we're going to have to bleep this now in, in the middle of it, okay? And, Jax, if you can, let's go ahead and start this. Take a listen. You know, I went to the inauguration of Donald Trump, which was one am, of the hardest am, days of my life, to something? be honest. I am consumed with that. <sighs> I was thinking Mm. about you that day. I was watching Mm. you more than I was watching Mm. Trump. First of all, I don't even know how you get past. You got three million more votes than the guy. I did, right. In my mind, you won the election. 
the electoral college i can't explain that i don't under, i think it was for some farmer who felt uh, <laughs> that he was his rights were going to be denied but the majority of the people in the country voted for you right. you got the job done right when you stand in there watching this guy are, what the hell is going through your head I, I, are you just, I would imagine you were on antidepressants that day. <laughs> you know how, here's how I felt about it. I mean, obviously I was crushed. I was disappointed and I was really surprised because I couldn't figure out what had happened. And you hadn't even written a losing speech when you lost that. No, you had only no, had victory in mind. No. And, and every, everything was pointed in that direction. So when he's going to be inaugurated, I was going as a former first lady. Right. That was the reason I was there. I was no longer in the Senate. I, I was the secretaries of state don't usually attend. So I was. But your go. sense of duty is yes. my husband was president. I was right. first lady. Right. And this is what we say to the country. There's continuity. That is exactly how I felt. And, and a lot of people said to me, don't put yourself through that. Don't go. And I said, look, I ran for president because I love this country. I wanted to serve this country. I thought I would have been a really good president. I want him you would have to, been you would have been spectacular well, with I all your so. experience. Yeah, I hope foreign so. Foreign affairs. Yep. But would I, you be crushing NATO right now? I don't think so. No, no, we need them. But so I, you're but, standing up there. So, so I'm, I, I said to myself, I said to everybody who talked to me about it. Look, I hope he's going to be a better president than I think he will be. I'm worried about it, but I'm going to do everything I can. As I told him when I called him, you know that terrible night. And oh, you said, did call him. Oh, that I night. did. I said, you know, I said, look. Um, you know, Donald, I want you to be a good president. I will do whatever I can to help you. So, you know, we're in that Was he period. gracious or was he a sore winner? He was so shocked he couldn't, I mean, he, he could, could barely, barely form talk. A he was as shocked as you. Right. He was more shocked than me, I think. Wow. Uh, but, he was uh, shocked. Yeah, he was shocked. All right. And, and so when I got there, you know, go ahead, get out there. You, you put on the best face possible. And I'm, you know, Bill and I are sitting with George and Laura Bush. And... Then he started on that speech, which was so bizarre. And that's when I got really worried. I thought, wait a minute. If this isn't the, rational. It's not rational, but it's also not, it's not politics. It's not what a president does. A president is supposed to try to reach out to people who weren't for right. him or her. You're supposed to say, okay, I'm going to be the president of everyone, those who supported me and those who didn't, because we're going to pull the country together. I'd hoped that I would hear a little of that. I didn't hear any of that. And then that carnage in the street and the dark dystopian vision, I was sitting there like just, wow, couldn't believe it. No, go ahead. <laughs> and and don't you think that these guys in the Republican Party... <clears throat> All right, Party hold that. Just stop that just a minute, Jack. Please, just hold it a minute. Okay, yeah, hold it. Uh, what she was saying there was President Bush's reaction after after Trump had, Trump had given his speech. And what the president's reaction, you can go on YouTube and see this. It's uh, the Howard Stern Show. This interview is on YouTube. He says, well, that was some weird blup stuff, okay? And I'll let you fill it in. So we wanted to bleep that, okay? And, all right, we'll leave that right there, okay? Now. Folks, this this was the beginning. We had no idea how we, how bad it would get four years later. Okay, on January six, I could not believe what I was seeing. I'm sure many of you could not either. Okay. Now I have another piece that we're going to play for you. 
By the way, I'll take your calls. I would love to hear what you have to hear what you're thinking on this or your text. If you want to send a text, Jackson will be glad to take it over there. We'll read it and talk about it. If you don't want to go on the air live, okay? Now this is from Jesse Dollimore on the Dollimore Daily that has explosive evidence reveals a Trump plan to declare national security a national security emergency to overturn the election. This was recorded. It aired December 10th, which is, let's see, Friday. Today's the 12th of 2021. Now, we're going to start this at 21 seconds, and then we've got to do some stop and go on this thing, but bear with us. And this is from Jesse Dollimore, the Dollimore Daily. I like this guy. He's a former Marine. Seems to have a head full of common sense. Go ahead, Jack. I want to talk about There's a divide in America, and I don't just mean the divide between Democrats and Republicans. Um, I'm talking about a divide of an information gap, a divide of a belief system. There are still, alarmingly in my opinion, still a lot of people who don't take what uh, took place on January 6th, the insurrection, as seriously as they should. They think it was just some disgruntled Trump supporters who things got out of hand. I still get emails, even from Democrats, even from liberals, even from people who don't profess to be Republicans. And because of the investigation that is taking place right now by the House Select Committee, investigating the events on January 6th, we're learning a lot more about what took place. We're learning that there was a concerted effort underway from from the moment that Trump lost the election Uh, When it, uh, you know, the beginning of November up until even the the inauguration day, January 20th, 2021, that there was an effort underway, a concerted effort to usurp democracy, to uh, disenfranchise tens of millions of Americans, nearly 100 million Americans. If you voted for Joe Biden, the effort was to try to disenfranchise you to nullify your vote. The American people spoke, the Republican Party didn't like what was said, and they tried to do away with the result. President Biden won by well, there um, is more than eight, uh, 8 million votes, I'm by talk the way. About and show some screenshots from some emails. Uh, there was an attachment inside of Mark Meadows' emails that has now been uncovered because of the investigation, and there is some alarming stuff in there, and we're going to talk about that. Um, this Mark Meadows was his former chief of staff. And ladies and gentlemen, if you know anything about politics whatsoever, unless you've been under a rock most of your adult life, you know that a chief of staff for a president carries with it a lot of weight. There's a lot of information given to this guy, this guy or gal, whoever it may be, and a lot of top secret security information as well, too, okay? Have you got that ready to go? Okay, wait a minute. We're going to go ahead and play this. Um, We've got a call right now. Go ahead if you have to. But this this is very disturbing, okay? This was a concerted effort to overthrow your government. Okay, your government, all right? And we have a caller. Okay, put him on. 
Yes, hello. This is Ed Raymer. You're on the air live. Go ahead. Yes, sir, Mr. Raymer. How you doing? I'm fine, Jeff. How are you? But you know, I, I just want to say, uh, the other, the, this, this weekend I had me flipping through the stations, and I don't know how they did it, but uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, big uh, national uh, channels had uh, had Hillary Clinton in the room sitting there with her uh, with her uh, uh, winning speech she was going to give. And of course, she was she was kind of giving it out, reading it, and she kind of got emotional doing it. And right. And the host, they come back, and the host said, "Well, I'm glad that never happened." And then they went to break, of course, and all of a sudden it's that and the other you know. Talking about that class right. win such yeah. and all yeah. that, but uh, but I, I did hear about the January. I'm sure you heard about this that uh, that they can't uh, that Trump can't hold the records for the stuff you know or whatever it is. As I know, at one point he was trying to withhold some uh, White House records too or something. I think records he stuff he did in the White House or something. I don't know if you heard sure. about that or not. Oh yes, time, yeah. One time he was trying to do that, and of course they uh, I think he went through the courts and whatever it did, and they said he couldn't do that. Right, they turned him down, and he's gonna. He's got uh, 14 days to appeal this process, and uh, of course, he's going to take all 14 days. He'll take it right down to the last second, uh, and whether he will appeal it to the Supreme Court, and of course, that's yeah. what he's going to do. And uh, I've got some news for you. He may have some surprises coming there. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, well, well, very well. Somebody was saying something about that. Uh, about president or something that, that uh, about the, about the I mean, separation of powers or something that's right. talking about that and such. But but see to me, all that stuff should it shouldn't even be a question of the court really. All that stuff is public knowledge. They were talking about when he was president, all these tweets he was doing. They right. they, they, was, they was logging all in for the history, you know, tweets he put out and everything, all the tweets, everything, everything else he did, of course, on the computer and things like that for the uh, for the for the history for the uh, you know when you're in the White House and stuff. But no, I mean, it, it, it's just a, it's a mess. I don't like how some of the media does. They think Biden needs a cognitive test man and all this other stuff. I think some members of the media, at least the right-wing media, some of them right-wingers need a cognitive test. See if they want to see what they know about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. Some, yeah, see what they're buying. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that, that theory. I'll buy into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, before, before Biden gets one, I want some of them people at Fox News to take one. Some of them see, see, see how much they know about American history and stuff. But uh, I hope y'all have. I hope you have a good, a uh, good holiday, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Well, we'll talk to you soon. We're going to be back on the air next Sunday, and then uh, okay. we'll probably take a break for Christmas and New Year's, and then we'll we'll go at it that way. Well, I, well, I appreciate. It. Have, have a good Christmas, man. See you. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you, Jeff Neal. Always good to talk with Jeff. I talk with him uh, sometimes through the week. Uh, he's always got something going on about local politics. Jeff's big on our local politics. Let's continue this uh, if we can, Jackson. With the Dalmore Daily, this is Jesse Dalmore again. This aired on uh, December tenth, twenty twenty one, and uh, go ahead. So there's a reporter. He is a, the congressional correspondent or the congressional reporter for the Guardian. His name is Hugo Lowell, and yesterday he tweeted two screenshots from a PowerPoint that was uncovered in um, the documents that Mark Meadows turned over to the House Select Committee. And in this PowerPoint, well, first I'll just read his tweets from yesterday. Uh, This one from 9.03 a.m. yesterday, Pacific time. Latest, Trump White House chief, Mark Meadows, turned over to January 6th committee an email that referred to a PowerPoint calling for Trump to declare a national security emergency and have VP Pence delay Biden's certification. Three minutes later, he followed it up with, The PowerPoint titled Election Fraud 
foreign interference and options for January 6th and dated January 5th came up and in an email Meadows gave to January 6th committee about a briefing that was pr to be provided on the Hill. So what this means is that th this PowerPoint, probably more than just these two slides, were to be part of a briefing to members of Congress about what the Donald Trump administration was doing in an attempt to overthrow, overturn, the results of the election. A brazen anti-democratic move. Because again, for those of you in the back of the room, you might be trolling watching this video, owning the libs by watching the libs video. <laughs> um, <laughs> like there was a concerted guy. effort to overturn the election. In the face of Zero evidence of any fraud. Dozens and dozens and dozens of courts threw out Donald Trump's cases because they contained nothing. You hear weird argument, this person did this and there was these ballots and they were set on fire and this, oh, there was a water main break. Blah. All of this is subterfuge and misinformation, disinformation. Lies. Yeah, certain things happen. They happen every single election, but nothing widespread happened on a level that could have impacted the results or disenfranchised the 7 million more Americans that voted for Joe Biden than Donald Trump. It is laughable to, to even ponder the idea that the, a, a, a president with the lowest overall approval ratings in the history of polling presidents would somehow in a landslide win the election. When the overwhelming majority of Americans were displeased with Donald Trump's performance as president, why would anybody think he was gonna walk away with the election in a landslide? Dum-dums. These are alarming. This is the first page here. Options for January 6th. Vice President Pence seats Republican okay, electors hold that, Jack, over please. the objective. Put a hold on it. Okay. Now, I want you to listen to this. Okay. Please take note and listen to this. This is options for January 6th. All right. Now, this was a coup, ladies and gentlemen. This is how they were going to overturn this government. All right. Jack, go ahead. Fire it up. Of Democrats in states where fraud occurred. Vice President Pence rejects the electors from states where fraud occurred, causing the election to be decided by remaining electoral votes. Vice President Pence delays the decision in order to allow for a vetting and subsequent counting of all the legal paper ballots. There's no mechanism for these things. This is extra constitutional. This was a power grab under the guise of some legalese language. This second slide is the most alarming one. Recommendations. Brief senators and congressmen on foreign interference. What foreign interference? The only foreign interference that was substantive in any way, I mean, there's always different disparate elements trying to, to monkey with our democracy, China, Israel spies on us, but Russia has been singled out. There were indictments 
from the Mueller report of specific Russian nationals who were hacking and attempting to toy with our democracy. They interfered and Trump was their guy. They far preferred Trump over Hillary Clinton in 2016. And the interference effort, the interference campaign by Russia continued in 2020. So I don't know what uh, foreign interference they're talking about that they'd be briefings the Senate and the House on. Declare national security emergency. If those four words don't send a, a, a shudder down your spine, if they don't set off alarm bells in your head, you need to reevaluate how you think about the strength or weakness of our democracy. The thought that a sitting on the way out president would be able to declare a national security emergency in an effort to stop the sitting of a new president of the assumption of office is it's a thing of Hollywood. It's like a Bruce Willis movie. Next point, foreign influence and control of electronic voting systems. Declare electronic voting in all states invalid, which would be the federal government taking over statewide elections, which the Constitution gives them purview over. All of this is extra constitutional. All of this is alarming. All of this was the plan. And legal and genuine paper ballot counts or constitutional remedy delegated to Congress. This is but two pages of some of the evidence that the House Select Committee is getting. And let me tell you, we'd better wake up. It is not hyperbole. It is not an exaggeration. It is not clickbait to say that we are under threat, our democracy is under attack, and it is Republicans who are at the tip of the spear attacking our democracy. And by virtue of that, and by extension of that, our country and the inhabitants therein. You are under attack if you voted for Joe Biden. They don't want you voting. They don't want you as a part of this country. They want to control it. They want to say who wins elections, and they are making efforts in that vein. What do you think, though? I'd love to know. You can call. Leave me a brief right, voicemail. <clears throat> Where are you? How's that grab you, sports fans? I'm going to tell you something. He is exactly right. You'd better get on board. Better get on board today, okay? Jax, I want to go to our last series of breaks, if we could, right now. I want to do this, and I've got one more piece of tape I'm going to play you when we come back. This is Evan Lee Raymer Show. I'm Ed Raymer. Thanks for listening. Back with you right after this.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Michelle Hauser coming to you from Hauser & Associates. We are a law firm that is dedicated to family law and serving for those individuals that have family law needs. You can contact us through uh, our telephone is 615-801-8602, or you can also reach us through Facebook or our website, which is www.borough.com. FamilyLegal.com. Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's PIofMT.com. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. We've got Complete Yard Care. Their slogan is, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut mulching, landscaping. Now, you can reach them at 615-785-0384. Or you can look them up on the web at CompleteYardCareTN.com. They have a five-star ranking on Google. That's Complete Yard Care. We do it all. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Muller's Jewelers, 352 West North Hill Boulevard, right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Welcome back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. Hey, we're back with you. Edwin Lee Raymer here. I want to say something. Of course, everyone knows Friday uh, night going into Saturday, we had some horrible weather uh, especially uh, uh, not necessarily here I don't think in Murfreesboro but we did in uh, um, uh, parts of Kentucky of course here in Tennessee as well I told Virgil Gammon I talked to him with on Facebook his uh, daughter um, all right here's what he says uh, uh, she lost her home. She's in Bowling Green. Lost her home uh, this morning. I'm guessing that was Friday, uh, Saturday morning. I, I I can't remember. Sorry, but uh, thankfully no one had serious injuries, but lost everything. Um, been such a wonderful outpouring of love and, and and questions of help. For now, continue to pray. She's waiting to see what help is available in Bowling Green, um, uh, and. Uh, and Jennifer has a Jennifer Gammon has a fund me site for her. Thank you for any help she can receive. 
And, I mean, can you imagine just losing everything? And luckily, luckily, she's okay. And we're glad to hear that. Uh, some other folks, uh, unfortunately, were not so lucky. I think uh, all in all in Kentucky, I believe there are from 70 to 80 fatalities. Uh, I have not kept up with numbers. There's so many in different different states. We had about five or six states affected by this weather. And that's what happens when you get real warm air, as we had down here in the south and the Midwest, combined with that real cold air in the north. I've seen it happen all my life, and it happens quickly. And uh, we were lucky here in Murfreesboro, uh, out my way. We live, my wife and I live out in South Church, so do our, our children. We did not have to, uh, we didn't have a problem with this, but that doesn't mean it won't happen tomorrow. So, uh, Virgil, hang in there. Tell your daughter to hang there. She'll be fine, and uh, she's all right, and that's that's what's important. Um, all right. Um, I'm going to finish out. We've only got about 16 minutes left here. I'm going to play you a piece of this. It's is, uh, from MSNBC. This is from uh, All In with Chris Hayes, again, from December t- uh, 10th, 2021. And uh, we're going we're gonna to put this on, and this is more of a step-by-step breakdown of the Trump coup attempt. Yes, it was a coup. Jackson, go ahead and play this if you would. This, this again, is from All In with Chris Hayes on MSNBC. Go ahead. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. They attempted a coup. We use that word a lot on this show to describe Donald Trump's attempts to stay in power following the 2020 election. We use coup. We use it in scripts and in graphics and the banners that you see on the bottom of your TV. And when we first started calling it that, and we made a choice to do so, when we first started after January 6th, it sounded provocative, I think. Coup is not a term you throw around lightly when you're talking about the United States of America. By definition, a coup is a sudden, illegal, often violent seizure of power from a government. And it's something that happens all around the world in other countries. Some examples, places like Chile in 1973 or Bolivia in 1971. It's happened in Turkey and Pakistan and on and on and on. But the way that we think about a coup is that it doesn't happen here. Not here in what is supposed to be the beacon of democracy throughout the world. And there was some initial debate among political scientists about what exactly a coup is. Does it need to involve the military? And wasn't this technically an auto coup because Trump was trying to cement his existing control and stay in power? But all the semantic hair splitting uh, sort of avoids the fact that we don't have a better word. (laughs) There's no better way to describe what happened. Donald Trump and his allies did everything they possibly could, tried every possible avenue to overthrow a democratic election and install an authoritarian ruler in defiance of the people's will. And there is no real precedent for it in American history. I mean, even Fort Sumter, a violent secession that began the American Civil War in 1861, uh, in certain ways more violent and, and more jarring and started an era of you know horrific violence. But that, that even that isn't quite what this was. What this was has never happened before. And it wasn't a contested election. It wasn't even Bush v. Gore, which you might say was, um, well, sort of legally purloined. It was an attempted coup. 
This fact that they tried a coup has not sufficiently sunk into either public or elite consciousness. And that is in part because the people who planned it and carried it out were, in many ways, incompetent. Donald Trump, despite his many dangers, is comically inept. But just because he did not succeed in overthrowing American democracy does not mean he did not try. What he and his collaborators and cronies were trying to do at each and every turn had a unified strategic purpose. They weren't just randomly trying stuff. They were trying to find the weakest link in the chain of democratic transfer to break it. And they kept trying each different link in the chain. The most recent one involving an employee of the rapper Kanye West who now wants to be known as Ye, showing up the doorstep of a Fulton County, Georgia election worker named Ruby Freeman to threaten her into confessing to some completely bogus election fraud charges. Her outrageous and menacing threats were captured on police body cam. I am going to play them for you in just a minute. But before that, and before we get to that story, which I honestly can't believe I just said the words that I said, it's just worth stepping back and, and just looking at all the ways that Donald Trump previously tried to overthrow the election in just the state where this took place, just one state, Georgia. Let's just focus on that. So first there was the audit of ballot signatures in Cobb County, which came after immense pressure from Donald Trump. In fact, in the press conference announcing that audit, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger conceded it was in direct response to Trump's ongoing bogus claims of fraud. Quote, now that the signature matching has been attacked again and again with no evidence, I feel we need to take steps to restore confidence in our elections. Of course, the audit didn't find anything nefarious, but that did not stop then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows from traveling to Georgia to oversee it. And it is unclear exactly what expertise Meadow would bring to an operation like that, other than lending these wild conspiracy theories the legitimacy of the White House, which of course was a real objective. An objective that was also on display when Trump personally called Georgia's Republican governor, Brian Kemp, on December 5th of last year. Trump wanted to pressure him to call a special legislative session to override the results of the election in his state. Think about that. Just throw out the votes of the voters of Georgia. Appoint new electors that would keep Trump in office despite the fact the voters of Georgia voted to not do that. And then when that did not work, he moves to the next link in the chain. He made the now infamous call to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, where he threatened him to try to get him to overthrow the will of the voters. The ballots are corrupt, and you're going to find that they are which is totally illegal. It's, it's, it's more illegal for you than it is for them because you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense. And, and, you know, you can't let that happen. That's, that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. That's a big risk. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes which is one more that we have, because we won the state. You hear that? That sort of weird combination of wheedling and pleading and menace. You're going to be criminally liable and just cough up one more vote than we need. 
That happened on January 2nd. That's four days before Congress was set to certify the election. Also notable in that call was this exchange where Trump disparages a U.S. attorney that he appointed. But nobody can make a case for that, Brett. Nobody. I mean, look, that's you'd have to be a child to think anything other than that. Just a child. I mean, you have you never Trump a U.S. attorney there. A little hard to hear there, but Trump refers to you got your Georgia's never Trumper U.S. attorney. That's a reference to a man named B.J. Pock. Before Trump appointed him as U.S. attorney in Georgia, he served as a Republican in the state legislature. And the day after that phone call to the secretary of state, Pock got a phone call from the Justice Department, where an official, quote, relayed that Mr. Trump remained fixated on the false notion that he had won Georgia and said the president was angry that Mr. Pock did not support that conclusion. Right. So, I mean, stay with me here. Right. He's trying the governor first. First, he does the audit. Then he tries the governor. He goes to the secretary of state, tries the U.S. attorney. Pock. Pock says he was told the GOJ was prepared to fire him for not pushing the ridiculous fraud claims. He resigned the next day. This was set against the backdrop of something of a shakeup at the Justice Department when this man, Jeffrey Clark, a nondescript Republican lawyer and DOJ flack, schemed to oust the acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen and install himself in that position instead so he could do what? So he could weaponize the Department of Justice to force lawmakers in Georgia to do Trump's bidding. Right? He's getting nowhere with the audits. He's getting nowhere with Kemp. He's getting nowhere with Rappensburger. He's getting nowhere with the U.S. Attorney. So use the Department of Justice. Use Jeffrey Clark to draft a letter to Georgia's governor and legislative leaders, writing, quote, at this time, we have identified significant concerns that may have impacted the outcome of the election in multiple states, including the state of Georgia. Now, just to be abundantly clear, that is a lie. It's all lies. But in the absence of anyone else willing to go along with a lie, he gets Jeffrey Clark at DOJ, and Clark wanted to use legitimacy of the Department of Justice to disseminate that lie, to stamp it with DOJ letterhead, to give it to Georgia's top lawmakers and say, maybe you should call your special session and send your electors, to pressure them into holding that special legislative session to throw out the results of a Democratic election and install the loser over the winner. It's the same scheme Trump would mention in that phone call to Brian Kemp. Now, of course, none of this works. He tries every link in the chain. And with the clock ticking down to the final 48 hours before the electoral votes will be counted on January 6th, with every court in the land having dismissed the allegations of voter fraud as completely baseless, with every single audit that has been undertaken showing the election was free and fair, with literally nothing to sustain this coup plot, we come to a woman named Ruby Freeman. She is a Georgia election worker who was smeared with false conspiracies and viral videos that she and her daughter helped steal the election by smuggling suitcases full of... Uh, this lady's a black woman, election. by the way. She it was looks smeared as though she, I see she has a mask on, but I think she's Donald black. Trump, who mentioned her name 18 times in that phone call to the Secretary of State. You know the Internet? You know what was trending on the Internet? Where's Ruby? Because they thought she'd be in jail. Where's Ruby? Um, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. That was the minimum number is 18,000 for Ruby, but they think it's probably about 56,000. Ah, yes. This individual, this one woman on the viral video that, uh, my former caddy must have showed me in the Oval Office stuffed 56,000 ballots. 
Well, today we learned that Ruby Freeman experienced a harrowing and what could only be called surreal visit just two days before January 6th. Remember, that clock is ticking, right? Clock is ticking. A woman named Trevion Cote showed up at Ruby Freeman's doorstep. She said she was representing a high-profile individual who wanted to help Freeman. Take a listen Cote to this. What did not reveal is that she was a publicist to Kanye West, a Trump ally who himself ran a half-hearted campaign for president in 2020. Now, we reached out to Cutty to ask who she appeared on behalf of that day. Who was this high-profile individual? We have not heard back. Now, put yourself in Rudy Freeman's You won't shoes, either. Okay? At this point, she has been harassed to her breaking point by Trump allies for weeks. Her name, she's been doxxed. They know her address. There are people outside her house. She's calling the cops. This woman shows up. I'm coming to help you from a high-profile individual. So she agrees to meet with Kanye's publicist in a safe location, a local police station, where Cutty outlined a threat wherein mysterious figures would show up to Freeman's house and put her and her family in jail if she did not publicly admit to stealing the election for Joe Biden, something she did not do. Okay. Let's wind it down, Jeff. It okay. Folks, you can see that that was all in with Chris Hayes, the December 10th show, broadcast he did, on MSNBC. Now, you need to watch all that. It's about 20 minutes in length, full. This is the religious right party, by the way. <laughs> A phrase put in play by Jerry Falwell, whose son, well, we won't even go into that. Yeah, <clears throat> you've, you know, you've read the book, you've seen the movie, haven't you? <laughs> oh, me. Jackson's playing my music. That's my cue. He's running me out. <laughs> and that's okay. Think about this, folks, because this is these are serious times. Now, I'm not telling you which way to vote, but no doubt about it. Listen, you know which way I vote. There's no big secret about that. I'm not ashamed of it. But I'm telling you, this is a mess they've got right now. And I thank goodness that we're sitting where we are right now. You better think about it, too. What kind of world do you want your children growing up in? Okay? Till next Sunday, we'll be back with you then. Till next Sunday. I'm Evan Lee Raymer, and I'll catch you down the road. Good night. This is Rich Schmidt with more 100th Anniversary Savings from Haynes Bay Hardware. Right now get a Master Mechanic 44-piece Mechanics Tool Set for only $34.99. Various sockets and bits in both SAE and metric sizes along with other tools are nestled in a strong plastic case for only $34.99. Get this bargain a month along with other tools and accessories while supplies last at Haynes Bay Hardware. These are just a few of our 100th Anniversary Savings at Haynes Bay Hardware. 1807 Memorial Boulevard. In this season of giving, don't forget to give to your pet. Here at Animal City, we would love to help you with your pet needs. Your small animals might prefer a larger living space, your reptiles might like some new decor, and your other pets might like some new toys to keep them entertained. Right now, all of our Animal City departments are overflowing with new and exciting toys. Dog toys, bird toys, cat toys, we have them all. This is Amanda from Animal City. Come do business with Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. City Tile and Floor Covering is a family business. 
we'd have a lot of wonderful options to show the customers different ways. Wow, flooring can be done. Enjoy the experience of picking out their wow selections, the flooring of their dreams. I am Andrew Young, and I would like to invite you to do business with our family at City Tile and Floor Covering. Make your house a showplace. Give your house a new face. Make your house a wow house. City Tile and Floor. City Tile. This is Jim Shenevy of CBS Radio News. You're listening to News Radio WGNS AM FM online and on your phone. Get the latest local, world, and national news on Rutherford County's most trusted news source, News Radio WGNS. Portions of our programming have been pre-recorded. The Good Neighbor Network, WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna, flagship station for MTSU Sports. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com.